Charles Spurgeon was a man that God used, and millions are still being impacted by his kingdom work. As we examine his life and ministry, we hope to strengthen today's church and bring glory to Christ. My name is Joel Littlefield, lead pastor of New City Church in Bath, Maine, and I'm joined by my brother in Christ, Josh Whitney. Welcome to the Spurgeon Maniacs podcast. I refuse. I refuse to believe it. Ooh, basking sharks. <clears throat> Is that what we're talking about today? We're talking about welcome to basking shark maniacs, <laughs> where we break down all of the different species of basking sharks. <laughs> okay. We just never know where this is going to go. This is true. Uh, all right. We should. We should think about. We should banter. About we should not bantering too mm-hmm. long. Yeah. And then banter back and forth about it. Well, what, I mean, do you think we should banter? No banter. We shouldn't banter. A little banter? I don't know. Convince me. What's the your thing case? I like, so the thing I like about banter, and you guys can tune out for this. This doesn't concern you. Um, is I have, I have gotten a lot of compliments on our intro. How yeah. like the intro is there, the music plays, and then our, our voices in. fade in. I've received multiple Dare I say, more than four compliments on that uh, I, intro. I dare you. Uh, you know, then, yeah, I received <laughs> more than four. Man. We, we reached a thousand, sub, uh, not subscribers, we downloads. We reached a thousand. Sub- Dude, that would be awesome. Where thousand, are you guys? A thousand downloads. If there's that, a thousand downloads. That must mean there's got to be a thousand subscribers. Well, not really. Each person downloads once. That's a thousand that's without, oh, but maybe they see. But there's person. multiple downloads sure. from one person. Yeah, we have 10 episodes excluding our pilot. So that's a hundred, uh, that's a hundred downloads an episode on yeah, average. On that's average. pretty good. And we're actually, we're actually in uh, about 22 countries. Oh, we are famous. Yeah. Look at it. Up. Let's throw some stats down there. All right. Where are, are we? You guys ready for some stats? All right. Let me just. Impress some people here for a second. Listen, ho- hold on, hold on to your seats. Do you know who I am? If you're driving, grip your wheel with I two have hands. Many leather-bound books. United States, Canada, United Kingdom, South Africa, Puerto Rico, Australia, Germany, Italy, Wallawi, Wallawi. Oh, the Wallawans. Malti. No, Malta. <laughs> the multitaskers, the Maltese. Do you want me to teach you your your vowels? The multis? <laughs> <laughs> Wait, I can say this next one. Okay. Jam- <laughs> I'm, I'm ready. Jamasia. <laughs> it's Jamaica. <laughs> I was just I was, was going to see if you could pick up on it. I've never heard of that country before. Spain, Egypt, Costa Rica, Zambia, Philippines, New Zealand, Nigeria, Mexico, Kenya, Jersey. Jersey, <laughs> Jersey, my boys represent. I have to tell you, I have no shore. idea what the nation of Jersey is. 
Have you? It's Jersey. Oh, I thought you just messed up your. No, 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 no. They've got a flag like a, with a red X. And like a spider on it. What is that? Where it says. Oh, that's Hydra. Uh, <laughs> it is Hydra. <laughs> India, Ireland, Switzerland. Man, mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. each of these has like one person because it's like literally those last 12 I named off was made up for 0.09% of our listeners. So not the top. No, 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 no. The top would have, would be yeah, United States, our home. Wait, that's where most that's of our where listeners we live. come from? Yeah. Huh. And the second is Canada. Oh, Canada. Thank you, Tim. Thank, thank you, Tim Challies. I know that's you. Yeah, man. Actually, I think that's probably Jeff. Oh, you think so? Jeff who? Jeff Chang? Wright. Jeff you know Wright? Jeff Wright. Yeah, 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 yeah. He planted in Canada. Yeah, yeah. I know Jeff Wright. It's probably him. Jeff, do you listen? Do you? <gasps> why Why have you not left a review? Man. You know both of us. Mm-hmm. You know both of you. What did you do today? I had, I had a lot. Um, I met in the morning at the office. We went over different, trying to update our practices at work. How to make things more efficient, more smooth, keep people accountable, um, just all that good stuff. You probably should use a higher grit sandpaper. Just things would be much smoother if you guys just switched to higher grit. Yeah. There's some work to be done before that higher grit sandpaper. Because you try try and use a a thousand grit sandpaper on rough sawn elm. Well, no, you start with a, a... yeah. Lower count, but you got to get to the higher oh, count. Oh, to eventually. smoother. Oh, smoother. You said we're trying to get things yeah, smoother. I'm trying to be funny. Man. Yeah, well, yeah, I was trying to be funny too, and I feel like stupid. you did not hear me. Dude, where's our, where's the, where's the tit for tat? Full stop. Full send. <laughs> what is that? <laughs> that was so great. So we're trying to plan yeah, our logo, like, What's that? and we're trying to do something, and Joel goes, <laughs> I like that. Full send. And Sarah goes, What's well, full send? <laughs> Only the cool people say full send. Only. Yeah, send it's, it. Uh, when you when you have a podcast, you understand these yeah, types of things. Yeah. <sighs> Back when I was in the skater scene, I uh, when I was doing flip kicks. Flip and, kicks. Uh, You're so cool. Yeah, hitting uh, hacky sacks. Yeah, it was awesome. <laughs> <laughs> so you had a good day though. Busy, but it was good. Nothing wrong. I enjoy being here now. Yeah. <clears throat> yep. It was there. a, you know, just some days aren't great days. Gotcha. So, uh, but I enjoy what I do and That's it's, a, it's very interesting. So what about you? How was your day? What'd you, what'd was, you do? I was in this office most of the day studying for Sunday. Your third office. I was in my third office t- today, which is the actual office. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, was I here? Was I here most of the day? Started off with an elders meeting early. We had two elders meetings this week. Start both started at five thirty a.m. Yeah, just so much to talk about. So that's You're two lucky. two long days. Um, yeah, then but yeah, prepping for Matthew chapter five, mm. starting in uh, salt and light. You are the salt of the earth. How does that relate to moms? Well, it depends on who you ask, I guess. Ah, yeah. Mm. Mm-hmm. I heard some comments today about like, may the moms be ever salty or something. I'm like, what, <laughs> what does that have to do with it? Like, come on. It was Peter. <laughs> yeah, it was Peter. Peter said it. <laughs> yeah. But no, I'm also happy to be here. Yeah. Recording the podcast. We've got our coffee. We do have our coffee. We're we starting have decaf a, coffee. Yeah. Well, that's because I've had plenty Heretic. of regular coffee. I like to mix it up. Speak the truth and a little heresy. Hmm. Hmm. Just keep uh, keep them guessing. Keep them guessing. 
Dude, we have a new series we're starting. We have, we have I'm these, excited. Yeah, so I have my hands up like everybody. All right, everybody. Are you ready? Are you listening? Look. <laughs> look at me. Look at me. Yeah. I'm okay, the captain you now. See? Yeah, we're, we are going to start. We're, Josh and I are both excited to start a series that we hope you'll all like. And uh, it could go on for a while, or maybe we'll take some breaks from it. But um, we are going to jump into volume one of the Lost Sermons of C.H. Spurgeon. Where Spurgeon. did they go? Yeah, who lost them? That, that is actually the, the ultimate That's going to be week one. Who lost these sermons? If you know who lost them, uh, we have a free co- uh, conference ticket for anyone who can actually <laughs> tell us who lost the sermons. Actually, I take that back. No, no, we'll, we'll stick with it. <laughs> like, wait, is that too easy? Could it, uh, I know. Yeah, his earliest outlines and sermons between 1851 and 1854. That's what these sermons cover. So we're going to just go through his sermons. This, If you guys don't have this volume of, of uh, sermons from B&H, you, mm. should, you should check it out. Josh is going to get a copy. I am going to, because I don't have, I actually yeah. own very little Charles Spurgeon for you, a guy who well, does a podcast. Yeah. Yeah. You'll get it. This is a learning. This, so as much as I am enjoying doing this podcast, it is still very much a learning phase for me too. It's I'm just though. the comedic, comedic relief well, in the you're, podcast. You, you, you and bring, I read the Bible. bring scripture. I read the Bible. Yes. And scripture is like pretty key to <laughs> the, pretty. I think this, the solid nature of this podcast. Agreed. All right, so can I get things rolling? You you have my blessing. Please right, continue. Blessed. Mm, blessed indeed. <clears throat> All right. <clears throat> so his first sermon in this series is um, it's actually on adoption. Adoption. It's a good topic. I love it. Pretty good on the heels of the interview last week with Dr. Ed Romine. It's a mm. great follow-up to actually to be coming from just talking about life and the issue of abortion. And into adoption. So this s- sermon is uh, was preached in on April thirteenth, eighteen fifty one. Little quiz, Josh. How old was Spurgeon in eighteen fifty one? He was. Uh, I'm trying to think. He was twenty five. Mm mm. Wasn't he twenty eighteen twenty six? Mm mm. No. Mm mm. Oh, so he was 16. 16 years old. Holy cow. This sermon, <clears throat> and if you guys, yeah, 16 years old. This, and so there's an outline in this series of the Lost Spurgeon sermons, and there's a little uh, a photograph or a scan of a parchment paper. Oh, it's probably not parchment. He's not that old. <laughs> it's paper. Uh, <laughs> of a of a papyrus. papyrus. It's yeah. on papyrus. There's this, There's a picture of a leaf. <laughs> And Spurgeon's <laughs> handwritten, handwritten hey, sentiments. Handwritten. <laughs> no. Falling apart. Romine's not on the show. You don't have no. to talk like him. Dude, now I know he really appreciates just, he, he likes banter. He does. He's yeah, awesome. He, yeah. That was great. We really like you, Ed. All right. So, yeah. No, it really is very cool. We've got the actual script you can see of uh, his cursive writing. This is 16-year-old Spurgeon, and he's writing a sermon on Adoption. Now, what's really cool, if you guys have never seen any of his works, he changed the way he preached over the years. And we can, you can tell clearly from these that he is he's, um, just outlining his sermons. And uh, he's got some bullet points and Roman numerals. And he's got these little check marks. And w- what they did in this research is they actually take and they have studied what all of these little side notes mean. The check mark, uh, oftentimes it, it signified 
<clears throat> them keeping track of sermons for different publications, which ones had already been published and which ones were going where. Really? Yeah, yeah, really, really cool, man. And this one, so this one was preached, um, so obviously really early. And the text is, uh, and I, I won't share the, the, the scriptures that, you, that you're going to bring, but the text that, is, that, that he's preaching from is Ephesians 1, chapter 5, having predestined us unto the adoption of children by Jesus Christ to himself according to the good pleasure mm. of his will. Mm. Yeah, so that's the basis of his sermon. And so I think what we'll do is, other than really just giving our listeners and us a base of scripture to talk about, we'll probably just work through this outline a little bit, talk about adoption, kind of bring up some of the things that Spurgeon brings up and just have a really good conversation. I like that. Yeah. So Let's what are, talk. What are some scriptures that you found? Um, <clears throat> and I'll just set the, maybe this will help you choose some of them, but yeah. he basically in this sermon, he's getting at the doctrine of adoption, but he does compare it to physical adoption and he, yeah. and he shows their similarities and their differences. Yeah. So, what do we got, man? Well, you, I mean, you stole the first one. <laughs> yes! <laughs> one point. It is good. So, I'll read. I'm just going to read a little bit of the, the context in and around it. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in Christ with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places, mm. even as he chose us in him before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and blameless before him. And this is that verse, in love he predestined us for adoption to himself as sons through Jesus Christ, according to the purpose of his will, to the praise of his glorious grace with which he has blessed us in the beloved. And there's a great amount of care in mm. that. Yeah. It, to think about being adopted, yes, but everything that happening before then, him choosing us before anything was done that's that's how we come to this doctrine of uh of unconditional election there's nothing yeah. in in our hearts that he goes wow i want him as a son look at what he's done for right, me right. uh it's it is only by his true grace and love and compassion that he would save any of us so just you're seeing this amazing love in there um second corinthians six eighteen. And I will be a father to you, and you will be my sons and daughters, says the Lord Almighty. That's actually, obviously, a, uh, a quotation from the Old Testament, mm. obviously being fulfilled much further in Christ. But I'm sure he's going to go into this, too. So just kind of taking this and then bringing it into the practical is obviously going to James. James 1 says that if anyone thinks he is religious— and does not bridle his tongue, but deceives his heart, this person's religion is worthless. Religion that is pure and undefiled before God the Father is this, to visit orphans and widows in their affliction and to keep oneself unstained from the world. Mm, awesome. I, I also want to kind of quote just in passing Ephesians, um, Ephesians 5 about what marriage is, and there's these two really clear examples given to us in nature that point us ultimately to the goodness and graciousness of God. Right. Marriage being between one man, one woman, just as Christ is bound or, or committed maritally to his church mm -hmm. and he never has a different bride. Like we are his and he is ours. Same way, something like this, this compassion and empathy for those who are fatherless, mm. the orphan, yeah. the widow, these people need it because 
it is that same kind of love and affection that God reached down and brought us into his family. And so these two images are just are, are beautiful representations that we can see in nature and be blessed to be a part of that ultimately point towards God and how he is ultimately, like if we want to adopt someone, imagine someone who unconditionally, relentlessly, through all of our sin, mm-hmm. chooses to have us in his family. That's right. So that's, yeah, that's great. That's an awesome basis for it. So you already sort of brought up some of the similarities and differences, um, but it really is a beautiful picture of the gospel. Mm-hmm. And I'm so grateful that we have a living testimony that's fleshed out every time adoption happens. Not everybody sees it, of course, but it is a testimony of the gospel. A parent, a set of parents or a mother, whatever the situation is, that chooses to come in and bring a child who was not part of their family and make that child a, a part of their family with all the rights, inheritances, uh, related to the sibling, siblings in legal status in every way, part of the family, no different. And so in that way, it is extremely, it's similar. Mm, yeah. But I, I love, so all of those scriptures are absolutely awesome. It's about the, it's, it's, um, it's tied to a lot of pretty deep doctrine. You brought yeah. up, boom, uh, oh, unconditional yeah. election, yeah. <laughs> boom, right? So that's, that's true. So Josh and I are, would both subscribe to the, that, the infamous flower, mm. Mm, the, Daffodils. To, the daffodil. That's right. Uh, more of a petunia guy, but um, don't laugh and don't spit your coffee anywhere. I said don't. Well, <laughs> yeah, I was just tulip. predestined no. to do it anyways. Oh, boom. Hey, now, there it is. The Armenian friends are burning. No, they're not burning. I'm, not, <laughs> I'm burning in your brothers. Your brothers and sisters. I didn't mean burning in hell. <laughs> I did not mean that. I meant the, the fire is in. Yeah, anyway. Trigger. We'll just, tri- yep, mm-hmm. that's it. So good stuff. Um, but no, unconditional election. How 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 else do we describe adoption? Hmm. If, if adoption is ingrained into the scriptural view of redemption, that is completely tied to unconditional election. You cannot you cannot deny that. Right. To try to, because I, I I have heard people go, well, the child has to agree to be part of your family as well. Like hmm. you can only be as willing and open as you want. I'm like. Right, but that's not what the text says. Yeah, it's not what the text says in, at all. God f- predestined to ask you yeah. to be children. No, he's, it says in love, he predestined us to become yeah. adopted. Not to mention that the, the most l- parallel scenario that we can come up with on earth is not the kicking and screaming child who doesn't want parents. Mm. Because we have to get to the place that scripture says is the state of that person before they are adopted. And that is dead in their sins. Yeah. Unable. Yeah. Right? They're dead. And yep. so what, what, what I think is a better scenario is, is the orphan who is completely destitute, very young and weak and unable left in the orphanage, um, with no parents, no light of hope, no caregiver, no nothing. caregiver. In fact, the, the stories go that, the orphanages in Russia and some of these uh, third world countries that uh, children get so used to the the fact that nobody's coming that orphanages are deathly quiet and with no crying because they've stopped, they've given up hope. And so their eerie, eerie quietness where you walk in and you find cribs filled with children um, and, and no noise um, of all ages 
if you read Russell Moore, I know that yeah, if you're hearing this, you're like, I don't like Russell Moore. Right, whatever. He, he wrote a good book called um, Adopted for Life that Callie and I read when mm. we were on the road to adoption. <clears throat> and that was, his, that was his story, walking into a uh, Ukrainian or Russian orphanage, and there they were, covered in their own filth. So that, is, that, mm. so that yeah. was an initiative of a parent to go and redeem out of that situation, make that child who nobody else wanted part of their family. Yeah. That's Absolutely. adoption. That is adoption. Amen. I was going to say Episodes something over. and I lost it. I lost it. <laughs> I lost it. <clears throat> so let me just, and maybe you'll get it back, but let me just uh, share a couple little things. Um, in his outline, in this sermon, Spurgeon covers a few different things. Uh, his first major subheading is the sense in which believers are sons of God, not as Jesus, more so than of creatures. All right, so how adoption makes us sons is one topic that he covers. Mm-hmm. And so then he sort of talks about in some things, spiritual adoption agrees with civil. And so he says the way that they agree is in name. They agree in that you get an inheritance. They agree in that it's voluntary on the part of the adopter. Mm-hmm. It's taking the adopter's name. Those are similar. So you get the name of Christ, mm-hmm. you know, baptized in the name of the Father, Son, and the Spirit. You become a part of it, taken into the family, similarities there, mm-hmm. considered as children, and he kind of uh, marks off food, protection, clothing, education, attendance provided. Mm. They are under the control of the father, and that was the last one that he does as a similarity. So what are some differences? We'll just, I'll, we'll see what you can think of some, dif- some differences, and I'll plug in the ones that he put if we can't think of any. So what are the differences between a civil adoption and our spiritual adoption? Hey everyone, this will only take a second of your time to tell you about our conference and a special deal. Our conference is officially official. That means our first annual Spurgeon Conference will be held at New City Church, 150 Congress Ave, Bath, Maine on May 26th and 27th. The first night's going to include an opening to the conference, dinner, and a live recording of Spurgeon Maniacs. The next day will be packed with sessions from James Renahan, Jeff Chang, Ed Romine, and our very own Joel Littlefield. We're going to have giveaways, we're going to have lunch, coffee, and wonderful fellowship with the saints. Those of you listening to this podcast get a special promo code. Go to our link in the show notes to our Eventbrite page and type in the promo code SPURGEPOD. That's S-P-U-R-G-E-P-O-D, and you'll get $20 off that ticket price. We hope to see you all there. Now back to the podcast. Yeah, that's good. Um, <laughs> On the spot. Yeah. The, uh, the so, choice yeah. from the kid. There you go. Like that, you said. That yeah. was his first one. Civil yeah. adoption requires the consent of the adopted. It yeah. actually, that And that that's what you said, the argument of the opposing view. Yeah. Yeah, it was. Yeah. Oh, man, I'm so smart. That's one. Yeah, one, one <laughs> point for you. <laughs> uh, the other. Well, it's, it's flawed. You can give up the child. Yeah. Yeah, you can. Yeah. Can't you? You can. I you can. You can give up the child at some point. There are children who experience multiple adoptions. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and then that just is a testament to how broken our system is. Mm. And <clears throat> yeah. Um, people can adopt. Um, civil adoption was intended to provide for childless persons, is what he marked here. So it's mm. also a way for somebody who doesn't have children 
Well, and that's different because God has children and he has a son, yeah. right? So it's not providing for a gap. It's yeah. a, it's a, it's an act of free grace, mm. right? And it's kind of a great that difference is, if you yeah. think about it. I would not have thought of that one. What else? What do you think? Well, there's just going to be a ton of awkward silence yeah, for a okay. while while I think. Let's see how long we can be silent. <laughs> do, 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 do. Uh, that was great singing, by the way. Thank you. Um, it was me. <laughs> <laughs> Don't you take credit for that one. The children did not inherit till their father's death. Mm. Huh. Interesting, I'm going to huh? pause there. Yeah. So, we also don't fully inherit mm-hmm. until our death. Agreed? No? That's what, no, that is the dif- that is the disagreement. So, That's what children I'm did not inherit till their till their father's death. So, we have a seal, a guarantee mm-hmm. of our adoption. That's Galatians 3. Right. But we don't we also don't receive Oh, I see, I see what you're saying. A full, until, yeah, yeah. But oh, that's the difference, though. Our father's not going to die. Yeah, we exactly. are going to die. Ah, yeah, we I'm die. thinking like, well, we don't get the inheritance until we die, but he, we're not. Father, God. don't die. <laughs> Thank God, God, mm-hmm. not dead, dude. God, God not, not dead. dead. God, not God, dead. God, mm. not die. He, we, we serve eternal God. <laughs> Why use lot word when few word do, do trick? trick. <laughs> yes, 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 yes. That's how in sync we are. That's right. And then finally, um, the nature of a son could not be given. So what he puts here. What's that mean? The nature of a son could not be given. Legally? Like back then? So if you were adopted, you weren't actually given sonship. You were given like a proxy sonship. There you go. Huh. Yeah. The nature of a son could not be given. Yeah. So we're given the very nature. Oh, nature. Yeah. Oh, oh, we're given oh. the very nature oh, see, of sonship. Isn't that interesting? What a smart guy. Yeah, oh. I would not have put that in there. Yeah, isn't that cool? So this is all laid out in just a, you know, little bullet points. Um, mm. All right, so those are the differences and similarities. Yeah, second, his second major subheading is the cause. What is the cause of adoption? Uh, we already talked about it a little bit, but yeah. Why, did God, why does God adopt us as sons and daughters? Because he is loving and gracious. Yeah, yeah. Because he, he reaches down into human history and provides. Mm. We are... We, we aren't looking like, well, I wish, I just wish someone would adopt me. I'm mm. here in this world alone in my sin and my brokenness. I understand like this is, I, I'm doomed for destruction. I just wish God would adopt me. Yeah. That's not, That's right. yeah. <laughs> we, we are not that way. Amen. And Ephesians 1, 5, the text that he bases this on, having predestined us unto adoption of children by Jesus Christ to himself, according to the good pleasure of his will. It, w- it pleased the Lord. Mm. It, w- it gave him good pleasure to adopt us as sons. So his motive <clears throat> was free grace and not because of our works. Mm. Uh, the objective of it, what was the ad- objective of, his, of adopting us as sons and daughters? To fully redeem, mm. to bring us back so that we could, we could again have a life Oh. With the Father and bring glory to God. I misread this. Oh. Not not objective. The objects. Oh, what are the objects? That changes things. <laughs> right, so say the, it again. The objects of it. The objects of it being adoption. Who are the objects of adoption? Uh, may we. We. You. May, may we. May we. We are. Yeah, we may amen. be. So back into unconditional election, kind of mm. pushing in that direction again. It's the elect. Mm. They are the object 
objects of adoption, elect, and he puts here, elect sinners, not angels. He puts that in his notes. Right? We've been made a little higher than the angels. Uh, Hebrews. Yeah, Isn't that? He, no. He was made He higher. was made a little lower than the angels. Oh, what am I trying to think of? Yeah. Yeah. You think you're higher than angels? We will judge angels, though, one day. Yeah, that's but, what I'm looking forward to. <laughs> it's the only thing. No, it's kidding. <laughs> but that is a peculiar thing that angels scripture says angels look into our salvation with mm. peculiarity right there's like this we are broken humans yet he's going to make us his sons in the scripture i'm reading this crazy book right now uh called i can't remember what it's called but it's crazy rebirth? <laughs> yes that's it no not rebirth uh birthright Birthright. Yeah, not birthright. Re- Tim Alberino. After birth? <laughs> <laughs> no, After no, none, none of those. Birthright. Uh, Timothy Alberino. Yeah, birthright. And I was going to say, I think maybe. <clears throat> have you, have you read book? it? No, I haven't. Uh, ha- read it. Read. I own it. <laughs> um, Man, that never dies. <laughs> that is great, awesome. That's a quote that keeps on giving. Yeah. Um, no, I have heard. It's speculative because scripture doesn't outright say it, but I thought it was an interesting argument that. The, the reason of the fall of the angels mm-hmm. was that jealousy looking in to be like, why, why are, why is God's mark on angels? And mm. why is there, why, why is there a uniqueness to humans and not us? Gotcha. So clearly not in scripture anywhere. Yeah. So no. that is not a dogmatic teaching whatsoever, but it's like, Oh, that's an interesting, mm-hmm. I can't remember if he says it, if it's in that book, but I, I heard it recently. Like, Oh, that's, that's yeah. an interesting thought, but and that's about as far as that goes. Yeah, and what what is in scripture that he does bring up is the fact that angels are called are called sons of God, mm-hmm. and that that we are we are we are also sons of God. But according to Romans eight, we are still awaiting adoption, and the whole earth is groaning mm-hmm. for our sonship to be revealed. So there is mm-hmm. a sense in which we're not sons yet, like the angels are. We're not in the presence of God. We don't have we're not perfected in body, um, and so one day we will be. Um, so not all men. But justified men are the objects of adopting work, right? So um, all extremely important pieces of that, uh, of that doctrine. So then he gets into the excellency of it. Um, it is an act of surprising grace. 1 John 3, 1 um, is the reference he gives. You got that pulled up? 1 John can, 3, yeah, 1. 1 John chapter 3, verse 1. Um, it's an act of surprising grace. This, the excellency of adoption see what kind of love the father has given to us that we should be called children of god and so we are the reason why the world does not know us is that it did not know him Mm. so a surprising grace this immense amount of love that would Mm. cause the father to come and adopt us from sinners to his sons and, and daughters so awesome. Surprising grace. Hmm. What else just stands out to you in, in terms of just this conversation? Like what's, um, how do you think about your own adoption in, in the Lord? It's probably an aspect not often thought of mm-hmm. the, this closeness, this reconciling. It would probably do much better for us to consider that. I think of, um, is it Peter that says, remember your baptism? Remember your baptism. Yeah, remember your baptism. Actually, I'm not, it's not ringing a bell, so no. I don't, I don't know. Well, you, here we go. You going to search it? I am going to search it. Um, 
So I'm going to look up something here real quick too that would be, um, I think, a highly beneficial to to everybody. Doing yeah. So in the 1689 Baptist London Baptist Confession, here's what it says on adoption: All those that are justified, God conferred in and for the sake of His only Son Jesus Christ to make partakers of the grace of adoption, by which they are taken into the number and enjoy the liberties and privileges of the children of God, has his name put on them, receive the spirit of adoption, have access to the throne of grace with boldness, are enabled to cry, Abba, Father. They are pitied, protected, provided for, and chastened by him as by a father, Mm. yet never cast off and sealed to the day of redemption and inherit the promises as heirs of everlasting salvation. That is awesome. Mm-hmm. Yeah, heirs, heirs of it. So that's where I, I was mistakenly saying that uh, we don't receive our inheritance till the father dies. That's not what I was trying to say. Right, right. But, but there is this, uh, yeah, that tension like, like Romans 8, this groaning, waiting for that moment that even though it is not ours yet in full, mm-hmm. that we do not dwell with God in glory now the promise he gave to us being his spirit Mm -hmm. is like he so we we are stamped we are stamped as his we are given a new nature of his and the power of which we receive that stamp and that like this is something that is yours is the fact that he gives us himself he gives us a spirit to to uh to possess as a the word guarantee there back in Galatians is, is the same kind of word that would be used to, uh, if you were to seal a deal, like yeah. what do you give as a promise that you fulfill your end of the deal? Yeah. Like you would give this guarantee. Yeah. And that is a spirit. That's just, that's just the it's, down payment for what is ours. And that's massive Yeah, for, to be a Christian and have the down spirit, the down spirit. <laughs> it's like a downspout. Call them the down spirit. The downspout of the spirit. <laughs> the downspout of the spirit. <laughs> Having, we are the gutter the down, of <laughs> Having the down payment. Of the Spirit, what does that enable us to do? To live out everything we are called to do as Christians. The power, the witness, our witness, the comfort of the Holy Spirit, the fruits of the Spirit, everything that we have that we're able to do is because we've been given the Holy Spirit and sealed for the day of redemption. Saved for good works that have been prepared for you since the foundation of the earth. Did you find the scripture you were looking for? Mm-mm, no. no. Okay. That's I, I think okay. it might be a colloquialism. Those, those things. Say that, that again. Think, colloquialism. That uh, colloquialism. Colloqu- it's 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 cloakism. Cloakism. <laughs> the the theory know. of wearing cloaks. <laughs> Is ism You're a such theory? A cloakist. Yeah. You're such a the thing that the thing that you think is often in the Bible, but it's not actually in the Bible, but you've said it enough that false teaching. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, I yeah. could have sworn I remembered that where it talks about remembering your. It might be remember your death. No, mm. that's memento mori. I don't know what I'm trying to think of, but that's I could okay. not find that verse. So, well, he brought Sorry, up something guys. else. Uh, this, well, the 1689 uh, guys did anyway that compiled this. This is something else that I, th- I think we don't think about by the fact that we are made sons by adoption, and and now. Uh, point eight of section twelve in the confession says that we are now chastened by him as by a father. Hmm. Uh, I don't, we, we really don't probably think about that enough that there is a blessing in chastening. I the think scriptures. we 
think about it by proxy when we look at that person and go, they kids they're just not brought up the same way that we used they used to be. Yeah. And we and we make a joke about that, but there's a lot of truth in there. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of spiritual truth in there for sure. That's right. That it a, a loving father, a loving parent that we can see does not let their children go mm-hmm. off and do whatever they want. Yeah. There's no love in that. Yeah. You let your children if you live uh if you live on you have to be in Maine to know this, but Route 1 in Brunswick and you just let them do whatever they want, play in the street, play catching it. Like, it's it's great. They have the freedom to do whatever they want, but they're going to mm-hmm. get hurt and or That's killed. Right. A loving parent wants to protect their children and that's keep right. them from things that are harmful and hurtful. And that's why we have God's word. And that's why he ministers to us through the spirit, through his word. Amen. Amen. Um, anything else kind of pressing that you want to bring up that's sort of just on your heart to say to people and then I'll, I have a couple of things I want to share specifically for adoptive parents or people thinking about adoption like what are you mm, no that sounds really good I want to no 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 no, no, no no I don't want to take it from you like, I can't think no? I, okay, no I cool. don't have anything pressing I want right. to listen to this so this is a couple of things that I want to just so my wife and I have had the the blessing of and challenge of adopting our our, our fourth child who's our daughter she's 10 now and so one of the things I want to just bring up is if you are, if you're listening and you're, and you have adopted something that is a gr- massive, it irks me and it's a pet peeve of mine is that I have heard from time to time ado- adoptive parents making a differentiation between their biological children and their adopted children. Oh, I have three biological children. Yeah, I have three. And then, and this is my adopted child. And I've actually been introduced to a family before where the person would go down the list of children by name and then say, and this is our adopted daughter or our adopted son. And they would put that in front of, and so I think though, maybe they haven't been trained or taught and it's just ignorance. And that's, that's one thing, but that is not a picture of the gospel. So it, whether you're thinking about adoption or you have adopted, then, then you have to think in line with what the scripture teaches. That child is your child with all the rights and inheritances, even if you have nothing to Mm. give them, (laughs) but they inherit your blessing, um, and the love of a parent in equal measure. Um, also I just want to encourage people that are, uh, thinking about adoption to do so in a way that is as closely tied to the gospel as you can. Mm. Um, we often get into this, uh, heroic complex, this idea of we're going to rescue children and I want to, I want to adopt because I'm, I'm their rescuer. Now there is a sense in which like you do rescue, but it's, it's, it's about family. It's because they don't have a family and what you are doing. And here's why it's not about rescue is because if it's just about rescue, then we'll get, you'll, you'll end up getting into a situation where you can't do what God does. You can't rescue yeah. them all. Yeah. You can't, it, it needs to be an intentional act of grace and love. If this is something God has called you to, then you step into it with eyes fully open on what the gospel is and that your your adoption of that child is based on love that is completely um, you, your initiated love. Mm. And it's going to be difficult. Um, it's going to be filled with all sorts of trials and things that maybe you wouldn't expect would come from a, a child that you're loving. Mm. Well, they may not love you in return. Yeah, They may not love you in return right away. And so I've talked with a lot of parents that have thought thought that have talked about it and are thinking about it. And I think are you you are also praying about it, yeah. right, Josh? You oh, guys want sure. to do this. So um, 
the thing I try to tell people is I, I actually try to tell them the horror stories. I really do because yeah, if it's a call, it needs to be a calling. And if we're not going into it wide open with our eyes open on the fact that um, adoption is is difficult, frontline spiritual warfare, mm. then then we'll be sidelined. Yep. Yeah. Do you have any thoughts or questions about adoption or? So so I was actually going to say like I, coming from that perspective of Sarah and I haven't adopted but we want to. I can think of just a ton of questions <laughs> that is that all right? You want, yeah, do you yeah, think we could take that route? Yeah. Let's do like one or two. I don't know where we're at minute wise, but if this is a little bit longer, it's only it's okay. going to be like a couple hours. It's fine. Okay, good. Good, 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 good. We're good. <laughs> no. Yeah, that's, that's right. It's a good topic. <laughs> we're, we're, yeah. we're, we're probably just over the 30 minute mark at this point. Sweet. We have, um, we've only lost 10 people this point. Awesome. So, good. <laughs> so one, and I, yeah, only cause I can't organize my thoughts. I'm just going to spew this first question. I was thinking if when we go to adopt, would it be an image of the gospel and would it be beneficial and how would it be viewed if we changed the child's name when we adopt them? I see. Give them, give them a new name. You Mm -hmm. are like, that's, that's your past. Mm -hmm. Like this is, you are ours. There is no, there is no, uh, you have a past and we want to honor, you know, where you come from. Yeah. But as far as like value and your purpose and intention, like you're just, you're, you are our child. Yeah. And just as Christ will give us a new name and glory, I thought that would be an interesting way to show them the gospel and that. Yeah. And, but I conflict because then I think, are they just going to hate me that I changed their name on them? So w- what are your thoughts? I think it depends on how old they are. Sure. It depends on what their story is. And if they're very tightly tied, because they probably will be if they're old enough, even though there's their life has been difficult and there's been a lot of, uh, trauma, there's, there's a sense in which letting them hang on to their story, uh, and not pretending that it didn't happen, but making it a part of their journey actually allows them to see the redemption even more clearly, Mm -hmm. not an attempt to erase their past. But if they're young, because we wrestled with that too. So Henley, um, she actually, so we were her second adoption. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and then, uh, then her foster mother renamed her and then we thought, well, we want, but at that point she was three and a half and we thought, no, let's, we're not mm. going to, we're not going to give her a new name. Um, but we were encouraged very early on to, to celebrate the story. Yeah. And, uh, I think that was part of doing that. So I think it just depends on the age. Sure. Yeah. If they're an infant, I think totally. Yeah. Totally. But, um, yeah, she was three and a half. And at that point she, she knew her name. Sure. And it would have been, confusing. it would have been confusing for more sure. Trauma. For sure. And now we have the, the blessing of, she knows what her original name was. She knows the name of her birth mother. She, we looked through old photographs before mm. she was, uh, in our family. And though it was harder early on and we saw some trigger moments when she was like only with us for about two, three years, we noticed that behavior would go sideways when she would think about some past issues. Now it's not that way anymore. Mm. And, and she actually can think pretty clearly about her past, knowing that at one point in her life, we became her family and I am her dad. Yeah. And Callie is her mom. And these are her brothers and sisters. That's and awesome. she sees it very clearly. So yeah, Praise God. yeah, man. Cool. Uh, another question I can think of is, so Sarah and I, as, as much as you know, God's future, mm-hmm. like adoption is, is in our future as much as we are aware and as much as we want to plan for. So that's not, that's not the question. 
But at first it was, well, let's, because we have an abortion ministry through our church, like, let's be a family that could on the spot, like, bring in a, bring in a child instead yeah. of that child being killed. Like, mm-hmm. let's be ready for that. It's been a couple of years and that hasn't happened. Now we're like, okay, so do we still be ready for that, but adopt somewhere else? Mm. Do we foster then adopt? Sarah and I, Sarah more so, but I struggle intensely thinking of bringing in a child to our home that we know is going to leave. Like that just sounds like those people are saints, like beautiful, Mm. wonderful people that, that they can bring children in and know that they're going to let them go. Or is that our, so anyways, right. How do you know? I guess this is the simplified version of that question. How do you know the means in which you are going to adopt Hmm. or do you, do you just pick a path and go down it? I think there's a lot of factors you have to consider and it's right to consider what kind of capacity can you handle? Mm-hmm. It really is. So you look at the sort of the nature of your life, your marriage, your capacity, your ability to handle difficulty and change. Um, I think fostering to adopt is far more difficult than it would be to adopt a newborn yeah. um, for sure. Um, and, and then you, yeah, so you, yeah, you really need to pray about what, are your competencies and capabilities. And they would say that any sort of training would say, don't fool yourself and think, Hey, I'm going to do this because it sounds better. You really need to do what fits your life because you don't want to have to think down the road. Do I want to, do we want to give this child back? You don't want that mind to cross. You don't want that to cross your mind. Yeah. And so, and the other thing with foster care, um, honestly, we've been, we were told this early on too. Um, but for a variety of reasons, we didn't go the foster care route then. We may in the future. But the the kind of families that you want adopting, or excuse me, fostering children, are the ones that could can't stand the thought of letting them go. Mm. Because they're yeah. going to love them better. Yeah. Because you're going to give them the kind of love in that short season that that makes them feel and sense such an intense love that, that you don't want them to go and that breaks your heart when they go, you're, you're going to be different than, uh, sadly, the foster care system is busted and corrupt, right? There's, it's an income source, let it's, alone the it's, trafficking that's known exactly, to Exactly. There's so much stuff. And there's foster, foster parents that shouldn't be. There's unsafe places, all that. that, that all that be, being said, we need godly, solid people mm. that are faithful to the scriptures and to what, what it is to love a child in the foster system. Um, so yeah, it really, I think it more comes down to after a, a season of prayer, just mm-hmm. like what fits your family, yeah. what fits you and Sarah as you sort of come together and pray. And for us, um, it was a clear closed door for us um, in filling out foster uh, applications in Tennessee. There were, I can't remember, but there was some specific red tape on the age of our children and there were some things that there were in Tennessee law that didn't allow us to continue down oh. the foster. So we actually went that route. The door was closed. And so oh. we then took a, sh- a shift in the, in the other direction and then waited about a year and about a year on an, on a list at an agency before we got a call about, about wow. our daughter. So yeah, cool, I think prayer, man. Yeah. Don't, yep. Yeah, you know that. Yeah. You guys will pray. You guys will pray and the Lord will lead you. Yeah. That's awesome. I wonder if I wonder if that will ever come to fruition with the uh, the pro life ministry, the adoption, the abortion ministry, where it's a we will get to. Complaint I hear all the time mm. is, well, why are, are you, where are you guys? Are you how many children have you adopted? And I'm like, I'm uh, I'm ready. We're ready. Yeah, yeah. Like we, it, it's not like hey, let's go. Like, the idea to want there to be a child that would be aborted that we could save, I think, yeah. is is 
terrible. So that's not the intention at all. But six children a day are killed in our state. Mm. Six children a day. Not six children a, a business day. Like Monday through Sunday, six children in our state alone are killed every day. Um, so they're, they're there. And I think that's probably one of the more heartbreaking ones is like there are family. I mean, I think there are like five or something families in our church that are in the yeah. same position. Yep. If given the opportunity, I think the hard part is which family gets the blessing of taking care of this child more so than who would take care of this child. Exactly. It's beautiful. Yeah, it's it really awesome. is. It's awesome. I wish that's there a were good more. problem to have. It's an awesome problem to have. <laughs> Yeah, there there are stories of uh, which I'm probably talk, talking telling you something you already know, but there are stories of uh, large mega churches like David Platts. I think years ago in Birmingham, when he was in Birmingham, um, found out the number of foster cares that were foster kids that were currently in the system at that moment, and it was like you know several hundred or a thousand or something like that in their county. Hmm. So he went to his church that evening, and he with a with a sermon and a commission and a challenge said, "Hey, we're a mega church." There's like 8,000 people in here. Can we get all of these kids out of the system like this week? And I I can't remember if it was every child, but it was something very close that they had enough families in that one church respond to that challenge and that call to actually get for at least a period completely deplete the list of children in that system. Praise the Lord. (laughs) I'm not kidding you. I am not kidding you. I'll see. Maybe we should, this is the kind of thing we'd want to find and put it in the show notes and just find that, find that story. Um, but isn't that awesome from if, if more churches would be intentional about it. And I know that there are, there are churches that are, they want to adopt. It's just putting things in place to, to actually do it. And then, and then speaking about it often, not letting it become a back burner Mm. issue. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, man. So what an awesome, topic any other thoughts or questions or things you want to i just had one if we this would probably be a good closing okay like a good send off to everyone else what would you know the the classic question if there's one thing you could say but that might be really hard (laughs) but if there if you can think of something that you would tell people someone like sarah and i or Mm -hmm. if there's other people like us listening to this what what would you encourage them to go do um, with this thought of adoption or this this inclination of fostering, like what would you what would you tell them to do? If they are convinced that this is what the Lord wants them to do, is yeah. it that clear that the Lord they are called to adopt? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, hmm. yeah that's a big question. Yes, Josh. <laughs> so maybe not the thing. Yeah, but there, what there comes may to your be, heart? Uh, like I, I guess I would want to tell them this. Yeah, one one I would say this. I know that you're surrounded by an awesome church family. Yeah. But if really you're listening yeah. to this and you're this is your desire, you need to get around people that are going to be able to encourage you and support you, pray for you, love you, and preferably around other people who have experienced it before. Mm-hmm. This is not something you're going to walk into or want to walk into alone. Yeah. And in fact, in the process, they're going to ask you who your support people are. Mm-hmm. And if you don't have support people, you're going to likely actually get denied. Uh, the, really? in, in the process. Yeah. They want to know who's around you. What are people going to think by the fact that you are adopting is your family, your extended family, your cousins, aunts, uncles, grandma, are they opposed to adoption? They, they ask you all of these questions. At least our agency did. They want to find out what environment is this child being adopted into because it's a family thing. Yeah. Right. So they're going to, they would ask you theoretically about your parents and her parents and, and all these things. And, and it feels like a grueling, 
there's a micro, micro, not a microphone, mm. a, a microscope. Oh, yeah. that makes, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Like just like peering into your life, but it's a good, healthy process. So that's the, all that to say that you need to be in a healthy local church. That's like awesome. be around, yes. surrounded by people who are going to support you. Um, I would, I would say, and around here where we are, I don't know who, who we would, who you would talk to for a, adoption. Obviously, foster care, you know who you'd talk to, but yeah, I would, I would start knocking on doors. I really would. Hmm. I would start calling and find out who the Christian, uh, the above, the upright Christian agencies that are um, really doing well by by children, and they're in favor of children, and they have a biblical worldview. I would say if there's anything like that. Um, hmm. Prayerf- like, prayerfully call them and say, we want to start the process. Hmm. Yeah. Like yeah. start with sources, you know, even yeah. like, even if it's a big name thing, you say like, what does X say on adoption? Yeah. And just, you know, start with what you know. Yeah, for sure. And there, and, and every, every state has agencies. Some are Christian agencies. Some have a really good reputation. Um, yeah. So make sure you're getting involved with the right one, hmm. preferably that sees the world the, the way you do yeah. and sees children the way you do. Um, and then, uh, be ready for, um, be ready for some intense training and preparation. Mm. Yeah. Training and preparation. And maybe to be even surprised about how much you do not know hmm. about adoption. Cause that's what it was for us. Just so many light bulbs every week, every day. And then, um, just, um, again, I mentioned it a moment ago, but it's, it is spiritual warfare. Hmm. Um, you are stepping into, uh, an arena that Satan is happy to be in to, trying to, to steal, kill and destroy. And so by adopting, you are bringing life and there is, there will be warfare on your family. Mm. Uh, intense warfare. I mean, things that, that we experienced that we had, we had never experienced until the moment that our daughter was in our home, many things leading up to it. But when, when, when she was in our home, it was like, we just disrupted, we disrupted hell itself. Mm. Um, so well, even, it's such an image even, of the gospel for sure. Destroy that. Yeah. That's right. So that's just a few things, some, some practical and some, some spiritual, but, um, the Lord is in it, thankfully. So when somebody steps out in faith and uh, believes and it has that calling, um, the Lord's going to be with you in it. So, man, I pray that the Lord allows you guys to one way or another to have a child in your home, uh, to love and care for and provide for, um, so if you're listening and you need someone to uh, adopt your baby, <laughs> shoot us an email. <laughs> it's something because we had put that on. The, I'll, I'll just wrap up with yeah. that. If that's our. Uh, yeah. We uh, we had kind of put that as an excuse because Sarah and I. It also looks like we can't have kids. Yeah. Um, biologically, and so I think we let that be the slow burner of just like oh it is what it is I guess. But is this year Sarah and I made a made a commitment to ourselves that. Obviously, it's in God's hands. Not that we'll have a child at the end of this year, but this is the year that we mm. we pursue actively what it looks like to bring a child into our home. So, wow. Wow. if you guys are out there and listening, that's that's definitely a way that you can be praying for us. Is we want to bring Absolutely. a child into our home. That is, that's awesome, man. And and you have a church family that is going to one be with you in it, but also will be deeply affected by your obedience and your faith. Mm. Like what I hope and what I pray. Um, this is a secondary domino effect, but um, that that our our church and m- thousands of other churches become adoptive churches, yeah. that they are in 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 that arena, actively preparing families, and and bringing family bringing children into their home. So yeah, praise God, man! Thank God for your faith and stepping out to do that, and certainly yeah. praying for you guys. So thank you, Brandon. Yeah, thank man. You. Thanks for being vulnerable with our with our peeps yeah it's great yeah. i mean there's there's a lot on the line and uh 
you know, we all we all grow together. One faith, one Lord, one, one baptism. baptism. Amen. That's like your favorite. That's Dude, your favorite I line. Lo- I do. Yeah. I really I've do. I've noticed that, man. That's good. Awesome. There's a lot of truth in that one statement. I love it. Yeah. So, good. As we wrap it up. I think we can wrap it up, man. Awesome. Well, you guys, this is a bit of a longer one, but what a wonderful topic to be able to talk about the adoption in the world, adoption of God the Father for us. Um, so if you want to talk to us about that, you can find us on Facebook, Spurgeon Maniacs. That same name is for our public page and our private page where you guys can interact with one another. Uh, if you have any of those topics, concerns, questions, you can email us podcast at SpurgeonManiacs.com. Conference is only a couple of weeks away, um, so you can do that. Also, our Patreon, search Spurgeon Maniacs. You can find us there. We would love your support so we can start going in, furthering our mission, furthering what we can do. And then... I threw you off because I took a picture. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, the, selfie? Uh, the selfie? The, you can't, the stuff. <laughs> Cheese. Wrap it up. Oh, man. you're oh recording. <laughs> Come on, dude. All right. The last thing was I don't know what uh Did you say something about the conference yet? I did. Okay, Patreon. Yeah, it's a couple of weeks right. away. Uh reviews. Reviews. You gotta review. Ooh. That's how we're that's how people find us. That's how we grow. The more reviews we get, the more popular we are. And that's that will be a huge help for us. So it's gotta be a five star. Mm-hmm. Honest or dishonest. Just click five. Five with hatred or five for love, but Five stars. Anyways, mm. keep the heat, hatred on the, on the limit. Limit yeah. limit the hatred. Limit please. limit the hatred. Yeah, man. It's stew it's on it. <laughs> <laughs> it's good. All right. Awesome. We good? We're good. All right. See you guys later. Bye. Bye.